It is good to see you this morning. All right. I hope you've had a great week and have experienced God in your life. We come to church to celebrate the goodness of God, and as we're learning to be self-feeders, we don't come to church just for the first time all week to hear about the goodness of God. Hopefully you've been experiencing that in your life this week, and you've been in the Word of God. You've been living out the Word of God. We believe that those that are sick among us, that we can pray for them and believe for their healing. We believe that, and we know that there are people that cannot be here this morning. Uh, I know the Meltenbargers are in Carrollton. How many people would drive all the way from Carrollton to church? Let me tell you, they are faithful people, but Jim is going through a health issue in his life. We're going to pray for him. Also, Wayne Sparks, him and Mary are here every week. He is in the hospital this morning, and we're going to pray that he is totally recovered and back in as soon as, soon as possible. Amen? So I've called uh, Brianna up, and she's going to lead us in prayer. Would you believe, if you have something that you're believing for right now, we, we talked about waiting on the Lord. We're believing that God can do anything and everything. Well, I kind of saw that going a little bit different from my view to you. I, I thought, oh, hallelujah. You know, kind of kind of realizing it, that God can do anything and everything. All right, all right. Coffee's good. Maybe you had a cookie in your mouth, but now you're ready to go. So this morning, as we agree in prayer, we have more than two or three here gathered. So we know that God is right here with us. Brianna, lead us into prayer. Um, before I pray, and he doesn't want me to preach, but let me do a little mini sermon here. And remind you all, because it's very easy when we're in a gathering like this to let the person with the microphone speak. But like Pastor John just said, where two or three are gathered in his name, and if two or more of us will agree on any matter, the Bible says, it, heaven hears us and it will be done. We are the people of God, not I am the person of God. When you step into prayer, there should be an attitude and an authority about it that it's when you, you should be able to say of yourself that when I pray, things happen. And if you have not said that before, you can say it today because we're telling you that the word of God says it. So we are going to pray, not just me. And we're going to remind ourselves, the Bible says that the Lord, he, he hears us in all things. He is near to us for all things of which we call upon him. The Bible says that he's attentive to our cries. He hears our prayers. My voice is heard. And then 1 John 5 says it this way. I know that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, I know that I have the things which I've asked of him. That's the attitude and the confidence and the assurance, the faith that we go into prayer with. So that being said, will you just pray with me over these two, over Jim, over Wayne, and over your own needs. Lord, we just come before you in an attitude of gratitude, grateful that you hear us when we call on your name. And so we cry out on behalf of Jim and Wayne, according to your word, which says that you've already paid the payment for their healing. God, we speak to the sickness in their body. I rebuke their sickness. I rebuke the infection. I pray that things would change right now in the name of Jesus, that there would be a healing in their bodies, a manifestation of healing. I pray that where they are, the doctors would have wisdom, that you would work miracles through their hands, that your glory would shine in the hospitals, that your glory would shine in the beds. God, I pray that you would raise up those who have been ill those who are weak and that new strength would return to their physical frames God your word says you give life you quicken our bodies I pray life and quickening in their bodies and healing over all of them God healing and health to all their flesh for the needs represented in this room for those who are sick in this room we just cast out sickness from among our midst your word says that you would do that God that you would rebuke sickness that you would remove it from our midst that our food and our water would be blessed that we ourselves would be blessed in body I just declare that over this room I approve appropriate the will of God, the payment of the cross over those who are here. God, I pray provision in the room for outstanding needs. Our God is able, and he certainly fulfills every one of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I pray peace. God, we rebuke depression and discouragement. Surely the encouragement of the Lord is in this room. Surely the comfort of the Holy Spirit is in this room. God, we ask that you be near to us. And as Pastor John steps up to minister your word, Lord, we ask you to put your words in his mouth. 
May every word be anointed and drenched in the oil of the Holy Spirit. God, we honor you. Be lifted up in these next few moments as we talk about you. Let your presence settle thickly in this room as we give glory and honor to your name. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let me tell you. Rihanna got to preaching. Kristen up here got to preaching. Lisa's a pre there's a lot of anointing of preaching up here this morning. I'm gonna call Gwen up at the end, so just look out. Here we go. This morning I want to let you know the good news. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus came to die for you, and why he died on the cross is to give us the opportunity to have an eternity with him. That if you put your faith in Him, that your sins can be forgiven, and the gap between God and man can be made right, that through Jesus, that we can have a relationship. And because of that, all of us hopefully know John 3.16, God loved us so much that He gave His Son, His Son what? As a sacrifice for us, because He died on the cross, and if you believe he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. If you put your faith in Him, the Bible says in 1 John that your sins and all of your unrighteousness can be purified. It's a new day for you. Now listen to this. This morning, I hope, I cannot make you, I do not want to make you because it's a free will that God has given us. Sometimes we wish God would just make us because it's so hard sometimes to have all the temptations that surround us. But God loves us so much that we forget that He gave us a free will that we can choose to serve Him. But here's the good news. I think it's even great news is to think that when we do sin, that our sins can be forgiven. This morning, you have to make that choice. The Word of God comes into our life when we are saved. We, we call it being born again. It's a new day in our life. There is something that we need to know as believers that sometimes you've never been taught. And I'm not talking just to you specifically. There are people in here that have heard this before. But listen, when you get to know and you make Jesus Lord of your life, First of all, we make him Savior of life because nobody wants to go to hell. Sign me up. But when we realize that God says, I, will, I have to be the Lord of your life. In other words, I'm the one that will direct you and guide you into the way to go. Here, here's what I want you to see. Is the transformation of our mind. We begin to see things different because we, now we have put our faith in God. And we're waiting for his promises to be, here's a spiritual word, manifest in our life. That just means something that we're believing by faith comes into the physical realm that we can actually see. We, we can use our senses to touch it. It, it is actually physical. The transformation of our mind begins when words change our thinking. We're talking about the Word of God. But people's words can change our thinking. You know as well as me. Sometimes they're good words. Somebody can speak over our life. A mother. But let me tell you, there's sometimes negative words. And a mother, same person, can speak negative over our life. But there's a transformation that takes place in our life. And we know this as the Word of God comes into our life and it changes our thinking. We kind of got this little formula over here to kind of remind us. But when our thinking changes, our emotions change. All of a sudden, we're not emotionally driven anymore. And we're working on it. When our emotions change, our choices change. We begin to make choices that are great based on the Word of God, not just on what we feel. When our choices change, then our habits change. We're going to be talking about habits for a while here. But when our habits change, we, we find ourselves doing things habitually the right way. Not that we're always going to make the right choice, but habitually. Now, we've always heard that to be bad. Habitually, we think of some kind of addiction or something, but it can be a good thing. When our habits change, then what happens? Our character changes in our destiny. There, there are people here today that you might say, you know, Pastor, I don't like where I'm at right now in my life. I, I need a change in my life, and I just feel like I, I need something more than what I've... And I know, sometimes it's a cry from their heart, and you're going, God, I, can you... Good, good news. 
God wants to give you a new day in your life. So this morning, as we're going through this series of, of looking at our habits, because as I said before, is a lot of times we have been taught to, we hear the word of God one time a week on Sunday mornings. We come to the house of the Lord, we hear the word, hallelujah, good until next week. Hmm. But the storms blow every day of the week. And if you're not a self-feeder, if you're not in the Word of God, if there's not things before your eyes that is constantly keeping you in the right path, you understand where you're at. I'm not in a good place. I don't like where I'm at. So this morning, I want to give you some words out of the Word of God to change your thinking and watch the transformation start. Now, now this morning, I just want to quickly review some of the things that we've talked about. We got through a series on the highway, the laws of the highway, and things that happen in our life. The first thing that I said is, whatever gets your attention determines your direction. Is that not true? I mean, it can happen, and I'm not going to go into details, but I said, in my life, uh, I, I'm at college, I'm going to get a degree, I'm, I'm working, and I'm going to push through that, I'm going to, I'm going to, and all of a sudden, a little blonde-headed lady comes into my life named Gwen. She becomes my wife, and she grabs my attention and determines my direction, and she says, I still got it. But it's important to realize that the Word of God directs us because as we use Proverbs 22, verse 3, it says, A prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. We talked for weeks on what has your attention. There, there's something that has your attention. The second point was direction, not good intention, determines your destination. See, there's a lot of people that have good intentions. I, I, I'm going to do, you know as well as me, And we use this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it, Jeremiah said. And in that passage of scripture, it's talking about and the good intentions that we have. I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do good. I'm going to, I'm going to, we don't. And that will determine our destination. And then the third thing I talked about these weeks is choosing the right highway starts with submission, not knowledge. Sometimes we think that, in, uh, that we've got all this biblical knowledge and, and that, that's all we need. No, it, it starts with submission to the Word of God. To saying, God, not only do I know it, but I submit to your way. There's things in the Word of God that a lot of people go, I know it, but I just don't know if I believe it. And why, they might not ever say that out of their mouth, but what they're doing is with their actions, not actually living it. So all these things that we talked about, in this part of the series, the next series that I want to go into, and we, we talked about it last week, is why don't we as believers, in a very practical way, create habits that keep us on the right path? Now, now watch this. Being very creative to, to putting things that will get our attention and, and get our attention on purpose. Those things that we put all under the submission of the Word of God and His Word. Now, now, I've said this before, but if you would go up to somebody, even that you do not know, and say, can I pray with you about something? A lot of times there's three prayer requests that, that you can almost, that highly likely one of these will be the prayer request that they ask for you. Please, would you please pray with me on this? Now, now, just in a few seconds, can you think of them? Number one was... Probably, can you pray for me or somebody that needs a healing in their body? They, they need, their health is an issue. And a close number two is their finances. Can, can you help me in my, I've got a bill or I, I need more money because I, you know, don't have it. Fill in the blank why, I don't know. And the third one is usually on relationships. I have a problem with my mother and father or I have a problem with my sister or a problem with the boss. He's a nutcase. Have you ever prayed with somebody? You go, whoo, boy, you need prayer right now. <laughs> so again, realizing that God has given us a brain 
to begin to think then if we're going to ask God typically for a miracle and all these things, I got it. God says, you know what? I can put wisdom in your life that you can begin to walk out and be wise in your finances. That you can be wise in your health. Put down the jelly donut. Sometimes it's easy. Don't, don't park all the way up close to Walmart. Park at the very back. You say, yeah, I did a little exercising today. I walked a quarter of a mile. You did? Yeah, into Walmart. There's some things of common sense are not common practice. Today I want to talk about very practical things and being a believer and walking in the things that God has put in our lives. And, and, and again, I, I'm not putting them down and I'm not trying to be negative. But sometimes as a church, you know, as church, churchy church, you know, we, we get so spiritual we begin to talk about all these things. And I'm not really for sure how to do all that. And I hope today that you understand the practical wisdom Walking in the knowledge of God. Now, I want us to look at creating habits in our life that will bring us to a place of celebration. And, and celebration is a time when we see God working in our lives and we don't just talk about God doing And, and I love that song, Wait Upon the Lord, because it talks about walking in faith and then waiting, patience. But a lot of people are waiting and they don't even know what they're waiting on. Okay, okay, enough of that. Let's go back. There's three kinds of ways in your life. Again, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain it, and then Gwen's going to come up here and give the interpretation. Three kinds of creating a habit in your life. Now, this, this goes into everything from your health but uh, to your, to your uh, relationships, but, but listen, the first one is the outcomes. And a lot of times we go, if, if, it's, an, if it's in walking in, in health, we say, God, you know, help me. I, or we talk to somebody, I want to be skinny. I want, what's your goal? What's your habit? I want to be skinny. That's an outcome goal. You, you want a result. The, the second kind of a habit is a process. I, I, I'm going to try not to eat as much on a, a meal basis. But the third kind of creating a habit is the most effective in the most powerful way, and it is identity-based habits. You could say it this way. Outcomes is what you get. The process is what you do. But identity is actually what you believe. See, the most effective way to change habits in your life is not to focus on what you're going to achieve, but on who you wish to become. No, no. Stick with me. It's a two-step process. If you're taking notes, which I see a lot of people with pens and paper, I'm kidding. I don't see anybody with pens. But, but you might want to take a picture of the slides. It's easier. Two-step process. Number one is decide what kind of person you want to be. And number two, prove it to yourself with just small wins. Pastor, where's the Bible? Just hold on, it's coming. Let me say it again. It's the most effective way to create a habit is identity-based. Two-step process, decide the type of person you want to be and prove it to yourself by small wins. Now, now let me say something about just, you know, common sense. If you're going to be a writer, what do writers do? Write, but they're more consistent. Just start by sitting down and writing. Okay, we're going to get to the Bible. All of you Bible scholars, hold on. So again, ask yourself what type of person would get the kind of outcome that I want. Now listen, your identity will emerge out of your habits. Every action is a vote for the type of person you want to become. Let me say it again. Every action is going to be a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Let me make this statement. Some of you are going to have to hear it twice also. 
Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. I hope I'm tweaking some of you spiritually bound up people because we're going somewhere. Let me say it again. Becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and to upgrade and expand your identity. Let me say a few more, then we're going to get going. Again, the real reason habits matter is not because they can get you to better result. That, that's important. But the real reason that habits matter in your life is they can change your beliefs about yourself. See, a spacecraft that is shot into the, you know, outer space into the moon realize that it's got to stay on course. If it misses, if it, if it varies just a few degrees, it's going to miss the moon, the destination. So they put things into that rocket that corrects the trajectory. It just fires a little bit, and it just keeps it on course so it's going to reach its destination. That's what the Word of God does in our life. And what happens is we are in a place where life happens. Can everybody get an agreement? You know, I could get up here and say, you'll never have a problem. And most of you will go, that's not what I found out. I'll have a... So we know, and, and I, I, I've been at four funerals this week, and three of them I did. And I had to say at each one to remind, God says, be warned. Troubles will come. But the good news is I'm going to be there with you all the way. So again, the Word of God, through those troubles, through those problems, the Word of God corrects our path and keeps us in the trajectory to get to His promised destination. I've said it before, but every sermon I've got to say, just to kind of bring us back, everybody has a belief system. All of you have a belief system. If you, if you say, well, I didn't sign up for a belief, you have a belief system of what you believe. If it's as simple as if I jump off a, a building, I'm going to fall and hit the ground. That's a belief. I'm not So out of your belief system, you're going to make choices. And because of those choices, it'll put you in an experience. Those experiences that you live out, if you're not careful, will build a new belief system or confirm the belief system. Now here's what I found out. We've kind of been using the theme of waiting on the Lord. And, and so let me just use that as an example. Is a lot of times when God says, this is my promise for you in the word of God. And now it's on us to wait on the Lord. And, and we feel like, well, God didn't come through. Now we would never say that because we're spiritual. But we have made a choice to wait on the Lord. And some of us want it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And out of that experience, we say, well, God didn't work fast enough. He doesn't work like he used to. And then we come up with a belief system like, God doesn't do miracles anymore. He doesn't work like he used to work. And we start watching, watch, it comes out of our mouth, our belief system. Is that the word of God? No, it is not. So this morning, when we talk about our belief system, this, this morning in creating habits that is constantly before us, I, I want you to just realize how important it is not to allow things to come in to affect your belief system about who you are in Christ Jesus. Here's what we read last week, and, and it's so important for you to put a guard in front of your heart of your belief system. In the Bible, in Galatians chapter 5, this morning we're going to be talking about Galatians 5. I'm going to use some other passages, but I want you to remember Galatians chapter 5. Say it with me. Galatians chapter 5. All together, Galatians chapter 5. This week, go back and read it through several versions or different translations, and you'll hear it different ways, of course, that maybe it'll click a different version. I, I love the Passion Translation. I read it out of the King James. I read it out of the NIV. I read it out of the Message. But this is out of the Passion Translations. Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. Don't. See, that, that's an action. 
Don't you know that when you allow even a little lie into your heart, it can permeate your entire belief system? See, another translation would talk about yeast and, and how if you put it in a loaf, it'll, a, a, a loaf of bread, it'll expand. But what he's saying is don't let even a little lie come in because it changes your trajectory of who you are, of your belief system. Paul is talking about legalism. And if you read the whole chapter, verse uh, Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the day of freedom. I love this. Everybody likes to be free. And if you read that chapter, Paul is going, don't follow what you used to do. It's legalism. And, and you read that and you go, wow, Paul, come on, relax. Until you begin to hear him continually talk about Jesus came for a reason, and that is to free you. But we have a tendency to gravitate back and get under legalism and all this condemnation that comes to change what God did for us in creating who we are in Him. Now watch this. Let, let me just for a minute go to Hebrews because this is where, if, if I'm not careful, this is where John Miller is. And I, I've told you this, I, I'm, I'm the pastor, I'm the sick, new day, lead pastor. Did you know last, was it last week, just this month, I celebrated 30 years at the church. Yes, yes, yes. But listen, I'm right here with everybody. In, in, in the book of Hebrews, Paul, again, is writing and he says this, Hey, from you should be teachers. But you're not teachers to the, to the audience that he's read. He says, you should be teachers by now, but, but you have to have someone teach you the elementary truth of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Why is that? Because sometimes we're just good with the milk. Just the, you know what I mean? You know, if, if I go on vacation or I go somewhere and, and I, I can talk to people, I'm pretty good at, I, I mean, not good, but at least I'm comfortable in talking to people. I'm pretty good at talking. I'm not saying you're ugly. I don't do that. I'm good. I don't do that. But at the same time, I can talk to people and they're, they're pretty comfortable talking to me. Until I say something like, they go, what do you do? Well, I pastor church. Hallelujah, then the glory, brother. So I was at the church, son. They changed their whole identity. If you've ever been on a cruise and they put you in that community, community setting, you know, you're at a table of 10 people. So John, what do you do? I had a moment of crisis right there. Now again, I'm not ashamed of being a Christian. But I know that as soon as I tell everybody on that table that I'm a pastor, all of a sudden they turn and they, you know what I mean. What do you do, John? I'm a motivational speaker. Really? My boss is Jewish? Really? Okay. If you're not careful, you, you've been going to church 20 years, but in reality, you have one year of maturity 20 years in a row. So, so watch, when we're talking this morning in, in the context of habits and creating habits, and especially identity habits of who we are, it is critical for you to know who you are. Get your pens out. Get your cameras out. If we have this verse, if you don't, look at it. Your phone, your Bible. Turn in your phone to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now listen to this. This is, this is God's word. It says, again, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. In other words, come to know him, make him Lord and Savior of your life. Look, he says in verse 21, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin. Who is he? Jesus. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me introduce you to the real you. 
If you're a believer and you put your faith in God, God has forgiven you of your sins. You're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Now, now I have a friend and I love the guy and he goes this, John, you didn't know that you are a righteous dude. No, I did not, but thank you for telling me. When you begin to believe in God, I said this, the most important thing that a person can do, come to the knowledge, is when you put your faith in God and you become a believer in Jesus Christ, your eternity begins that moment. Not when you die and you go to heaven. Now watch this. The most important thing that you can do is get into the Word of God and know who God says He is. Not your pastor, not grandma, not mama. Now, again, they might say the same thing as the Word of God, but I need you to know, based on the Word of God, who God says He is. And, and since we don't have time to go through that, I just want to say this. Once you go all the way there and all the way back, here He is. God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. When you get to realizing that, all the things that have been spoken about everything, about you, about church, about God, and is he a, all that stuff, there is no fear in perfect love. The second thing is to realize through the Word of God who God says you are. Again, there is people standing in line to tell you who they think you are, good, bad, and indifferent. This morning, I want you to hear who God says you are. You are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Now this morning, that might not resonate yet in your life. And you might say, okay, good. What else, Pastor? But the more that you read the Word of God, the more that you believe that you're the righteousness in God, and you're creating an identity habit, who am I? I'm the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Listen, I've said it before. You're not special, therefore God loves you. But because God loves you, you're special. There's a whole lot of difference. You're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Pastor, what does a righteous person look like? If I'm going to create habits and walk in my identity, what does a righteous person look like? I know, Pastor... They wear a suit coat. They wear, they wear a, you know, this used to be a cool sweater. Now that I have a grand, two grandbabies, it's a grandfather sweater. I don't smoke, but, you know, it somehow seems to be a pipe, you know, or whatever. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Is a righteous person, do, do they walk according to the Spirit, not the flesh? Yes. Does a righteous person bring light wherever they go? Yeah. But, but Pastor, look, come on, come on, come on. What is a righteous person? What are some of the behaviors? What are the things that you can see? You might not even know that that person is a believer because they're not going around with, I'm a Christian, ask me about my faith. T-shirt, they might not even have that on. You look over there and go, <laughs> you can't fool me. You're a Christian. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter what? What chapter are you going to look at this week? Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22 says this. You wonder what verse to go back and look at? This is 2022. So just remember 22, chapter 5. But the fruit produces, do you hear this? The, the, the outward, ins, let, let's put it this way. The inside identity of who you are is going to get on the outside through your behaviors. It's called fruit. You're going to produce something because the inside wants to get on the outside. And this is what is produced by the fruit produces by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Earlier in this chapter, Paul says it's all summed up in this one thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Every Sunday morning, we do the greatest two commandments is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength through our worship. And then love your neighbors yourself by, we can't give you more, but five minutes intermission and kind of a halftime where you greet one another. Why do you do that, Pastor? Because we want this to be kind of a laboratory of actually doing what you need to be doing every week, every day of the week. Before I read anymore, because this is so important, realize that if you stay in a church long enough, you're going to put to practice all the things that God's Word says to do. Not be offended. Let's just take that one. With your brother. Have you ever been at church before? No raised hands. Nobody, you know, please. Amen, me, Pastor. Don't do that. Have you ever been at a, a church and got offended by somebody in the church? It doesn't have to be the pastor. It could be somebody sitting next to you. He clipped his fingernails through the whole service. I tell you what. I can't believe she took off her shoes. Her shoes. He said, I didn't look too fat in this dress. I didn't know if it was a compliment or not. Hey, have you ever been insulted and offended at a church? Listen, this is a safe place that if you can't get over an offense in a church, you're not going to get over an offense out there in the world. Don't, don't tell me that or I'll go on. Man, we got a time limit here. So, so that when the inside wants to get on the outside, the righteousness, the people that are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. I didn't say you're the perfect. Listen. The righteousness in Christ Jesus. The, the greatest thing is divine love in all its varied expressions. Now, now this morning, do, do you know the, the uh, NIV or the King James Version of the fruit of the Spirit? Somebody uh, gave me this years ago. And I know we have fancy technology that can be put up on the screen. But, but this is over my office door just to my right you know how many times I've had to put this in action in my office as a reminder? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it because I didn't know it. And I thought, John, you're a pastor. you got to know the fruit of the Spirit. So, so I memorized it. Love, joy, peace, patience. Okay, I'll put it right here. It'll knock over that. Okay, we're going to sit it down there. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Which one did I leave out? I'm going to get you to memorize it before we're done here. But listen out to the Passion Translation. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you, this is your identity is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Now, now listen, guys. Peace that subdues is, is wow. But sometimes we think, ah, peace. Have you ever been in an argument with your wife? Because I could say at work and it kind of gets unpersonal, but with your spouse, good night. But see, what's on the inside that you're being trained in maturing in the Word of God, that peace that subdues, you're working and working, and she just got on your last nerve. Now, I'm not talking about my wife. I'm talking about your wives, because my wife. I would like to go home this afternoon, preferably in a vehicle. <laughs> okay. But you know what I mean. Peace that subdues. That Listen, as a believer, you've got to come to the point where you don't have an option. Yes. I'm going to live unrighteous today. I'm not going to be the righteous in Christ. No, no, no. You're past that. You've already made a choice for God. Come on. Walk in it. Wade into it. Okay. Peace that subdues. Patient that endures. We, we sung the song, waiting on the Lord. You know, okay. Patient. Patient that endures. Easy. It's going to happen. Patience. 
kindness in action. <laughs> that sounds so easy. Until you see a guy with a sign out there that says, you know, I need money, you know, and all that. And you think, I bet, you know, they make about 30000 a year out there signing. That guy don't need money. He makes more than me. What, what, what fruit of the Spirit is that? That's not kindness in action. Some of you need to just say, I got $100. I'm going to give it just to break that off of me. He might take it and do something I don't approve. Just give it to him. Break that off of you. That went over like a rat sandwich. Okay, let's go. A life full of virtue. That's goodness. Faith that prevails. Ooh. I, I, hmm. I, I love to hear testimonies of overcomers that are going, you know, I, I, boom, I had faith in, watch, I watched God work in my life. Gentleness of heart. Hmm. Aren't we glad for people that are gentle and not always ready for a fight, conflict? Confrontational everywhere. Gentleness of heart. That's who you are. You're the righteousness in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk about breaking bad habits too. Because some of you are saying, that's not me. That's why we're constantly readjusting our belief system. Because people have spoken over our life, you're not very this or that. We say, no, no. I'm adjusting because even though I, I'm working on this, strength of spirit, to have someone that's strong in their spirit that says, no, no, I cannot be moved. I'm too old to have peer pressure in my life to believe God is not going to work and He isn't a God of love in my life. That He doesn't want the very best for me. Now listen to this. Paul sums it up, and I'm going to call going up just... Listen to this last... Never set the law. Now, these people that are listening, the law is the, I mean, it's bigger than God at sometimes in their life. They have put the law in front and their traditions of behavior. Remember, Jesus was picking corn on the Sabbath and, and, and the Pharisees said, you should have washed your hands. That had become part of the law. All their, their, their a bunch of just, ugh. But he says this, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. I've got a request. <laughs> never set the law above these qualities, for they're meant to be limitless. Limitless. Now what does that mean? You're free, walk in it. You are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Believe it. Now listen, this is a week that we're talking, and I know that some people are going, really? And, and it's sometimes hard because maybe you've been in a place, maybe, maybe someone that meant well. And there's people that will go to church and they don't even feel like they went to church if they didn't get beat up a little bit. You low down, no good people, repent! Okay, I'll repent. I, I don't know if I did anything, but surely I did something bad this week. Come on now, walk in it. It's a change of direction, possibly for you. So let's talk quick. Going, Come on up here. Behaviors of a righteous person. These are the things that are displayed. But Gwen, now that I miss some things, put a little cherry on top. I don't know that you missed anything uh, at all, but we, you know what happens during the week at our house? We get to talking, and the anointing comes in the room, and he's, he says, you've got to get up there with me on Sunday. So anyhow, you know, John, you and I were talking about how when you are righteous, when you've been made righteous in Christ Jesus, oftentimes the, uh, the opposition in our own lives can be the fact that our behaviors don't line up with what happened to us. Does that make sense? So when we ask Jesus into our heart, what is actually transformed? Your spirit. And that's, 
That's the inside wanting to get to the outside. So the challenge is that our souls, your mind, will, and emotion, that did not get transformed. When you ask Jesus into your heart, your mind is still the same. You look the same on the outside. Your will, you know, God doesn't take our will and just take our, what we've wanted to do in the past. If it was, you know, maybe you're thinking of habits today as we're talking about this, this topic. Those habits and those desires to do those things, it may go away. It may change the minute. Some of you, um, I could ask you your own salvation experience. And the minute you ask Jesus into your heart, everything changed. You no longer desired alcohol. You no longer desired uh, maybe some other dangerous um, things that can be dangerous to your health. If it's smoking or, or overeating or bulimia, those types of things. Maybe that didn't change for you overnight. And that's what we're addressing in this whole topic about habits. It may have changed, but what if there are some things that didn't change in your salvation experience? How do we transform our mind, our will, and our emotions so that we, are, we know we're righteous in Christ Jesus, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in our spirit. So what about righteous behaviors? I want to read this to you from uh, author and Bible teacher Ed Cole. Prosperity is the natural result of righteous living. Righteous living, our habits, what we do on a regular basis, that will create a prosperity or a fruitfulness, as we've been looking at this passage, a fruitfulness in our life that's evident on the outside. Isn't that what, that what we really want? We want what God has done in our hearts to show up on the outside. And that's where the whole topic of habits is a huge game changer for us. And so, you know, when John and I, we, when we were talking, uh, we've been talking the last few weeks as we spend time together in the mornings about how, how to approach the topic of habits so that there's not um, a sense of if you do this, you're on the right track. If you do that, you know, I think so many times, and maybe if you've been raised in church and you were given a formula, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And by the way, here's a list of don'ts. And it seems so much longer than the do's. If you've experienced that, I just hope that in the next couple of weeks that you're able to reframe your thinking. You know, the first, um, earlier in this passage, where it mentions the fruitfulness, the fruit of the Spirit here, it says, so walk in the Spirit, or we could say, practice walking in the Spirit, right? When we're talking about habits, you just practice these things. You keep practicing them and practicing them. John mentioned, what does a writer do? A writer writes. And then they get better and better and better at writing. They may skip a day, but they wouldn't say, I'm not a writer anymore. No, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you have a behavior that's hanging on in your life and you don't like it, you know, those things can be addressed and that can change. But see, it, we, we get the cart before the horse if we say, it's that behavior in me that I hate. It's that negative habit I hate. Well, you can adopt some great habits. Walk in the Spirit, and then it says, then you won't fulfill the, the lusts of the flesh. And oftentimes, we're focused on, why do I keep messing up? Why am I unkind? Why do I um, slip up? In some area of my life, maybe I, I'm watching things I shouldn't be watching, or maybe I'm fudging on my taxes. It's tax season. Whatever. I've been fudging on my tax taxes for years. Whatever those things are, we can change those behaviors by doing some right things instead of focusing on, okay, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. What comes to your mind, babe? You heard that babe, right? Right. Let me ask you this. Can you just tell us, like, um, in your daily time with, with the Lord, what, what are some things? Because I know what we've talked about is how we want this thing to be a desire. If you've got a desire for something, isn't that, isn't that where habits come from? You know, eventually, even if you don't like to, maybe you started out and you, weren't a run, you were, wanted to be a runner because you wanted the outcome mm -hmm. of the runner. You wanted the healthy lifestyle. You wanted uh, the, the muscle transformation. So you decided, okay, I want to be the runner. Eventually, what happens is the endorphins are something you, you can't not run. 
It's just something you want to do. So you get up in the morning, you go running. It starts that way with coffee. Oftentimes people say, well, you know, you say this to maybe an 11-year-old, coffee is one of those things you have to develop a taste for. Well, that means over time there's a response that happens. There's a desire that comes from those habits that we make. And so I know a little bit because I live with you, but like just day in, day out, what do some of those things look like for you? Anytime. Come get that. I don't know. I think this one has the preaching anointing on Anyway, every habit has four things. Remember, it's cue, craving, response, reward. If you don't have those four things, you can start. I think mine's the one. <laughs> yeah. Why is the soundboard all doing this right here? <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. You were not doing that. I'm going to walk in kindness. Cue, craving, response, reward. The response is actually you doing it. Remember, it, the example I used is you're walking by a bakery and, and there's a, a cue. You smell it. And you go, oh, and you have a craving for blueberry muffins, whatever. Then the response is you go inside. The response is you get one. And then the reward is the feeling of, oh, that warm blueberry muffin. Now, those are all four things that we'll talk about in the future in a, because we're running out of time. But I just want you to remember that, like, on a daily basis, when you begin to create a habit of who you are in Christ Jesus, the first thing is to, again, believe that you're the righteousness in Christ. You can talk yourself out of that. You can say, well, you don't know what I did. But if you are a believer and that you ask for forgiveness of your sins, he will purify you of all unrighteousness. I don't care what somebody has spoken over your life. That's what the word of God says. Yeah. So that's where it starts. That's where I want you to begin to read. Read that again. All of chapter 5, he's talking about getting out of legalism, of jumping through these hoops of legalism and realizing you're free in the Lord. Now, there's some things that you're not free, all the sexual immorality, it says, and all the uh, idolatry, even fits of anger. And so you read chapter 5, but he says when you're walking in your identity of who you are in Christ, you're the righteousness of Christ Jesus, those behaviors of the fruit of the Spirit become evident. You begin to mature in the Lord. Not that you're going to... Wake up one day. I wish I could lay hands on people and all of a sudden tomorrow you'll start exhibiting all nine of those fruit of the prayer. Wouldn't that be nice? Goes back to that crazy thing called free will that God has given us. So let's walk in that. Let's pray. Thank you, Gwen. Give her a hand. Thank you. Would you stand with me and let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. The offering plate will be on the way out if you'd like to give. Father, thank you today for the power of your word in our life. That God, there, there are practical things that we are reading in the word that applies to us. That God, it's not a book that was written thousands of years ago and it's dead and kind of like a fairy. No, God, it's alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. God, working in our life, bringing enlightenment, God, that we might have life to the full, to the overflow. God, we thank you. I pray blessings on these people and friends of mine. God, as they leave this place, God, I pray encouragement that, Father, I know you promised your Holy Spirit is in us and will go with us. And, Father, I just pray that we would remember that where we go, you're with us. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today. See you next week.